big, big banjo devotee. So mm. that one tends to resonate with me. Yeah, moonshine. Moonshine music. You like it? <laughs> oh, the moonshine bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. still. <laughs> XXX, exactly. <laughs> Look, on second, I don't know about the association there. No. It's worth right. a try. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep it going. a red we'll jamboree, that. We'll keep looking. Well, moonshine runners, you know, cars, NASCAR. Hello and welcome to the Cars Guide podcast where we tear down, pressure test and rebuild the issues of the Automotive Week. I'm James and with me are Richard. Hello. And Matt. G'day. This week, among other things, we'll look at South Korean comebacks, fruit to car comparisons and the human-shaped corn chip otherwise known as Donald Trump. <laughs> Good bloke. Mm. So stay with us. But first, Musquatch. Oh, what is it this week? What isn't look, it this week? Yes. Essentially, Elon is mad that the media uh, has stopped presenting his stories as non-fiction. Yes. So they're, they're basically <laughs> calling him out after about you know ten years yeah. worth of massively over-promising and under-delivering. The hubris that he has displayed over that time you just sense that it's piling up. Mm -hmm. And he's going into a slightly kind of paranoid dark corner of the room and just throwing out bile back. You know, it's all the media's fault. He's absolutely, in my view, playing the player, not the ball. I think he's playing the media to a T. I think this is a brilliant media Ah, strategy because it makes us think about it, makes us talk about it, makes us get insecure. Okay. It's exactly what he wants. Okay. But so what's the end game for that? That that nobody believes anything that's said? Well, it's the whole distrust of what you read on the internet, isn't it? Ah, Okay, fine. I think he's meta. I think he's thinking about post Post internet, uh, internet. Oh, I think he's a man under pressure. He's just he's just going to his default position. Do you think he's mm. doing that that Trump uh, technique where he's dissing the the media information and it doesn't means then people don't know what to believe. Yeah, is that? What's I think confusion. I think yeah, confusion yeah. reigns. Yeah. Um, and so does Elon. Either <laughs> way, I would not want to be working for him. I think it, right now, wherever you are, SpaceX, Tesla, Boring, wherever, mm. I think he'd be pretty under the pump and mm. so would you. Well, he has decided or he had the idea um, on Twitter, where else, that he would create a, a kind of truth-checking agency <laughs> and call it Pravda, mm. um, which actually is Russian for truth and was the propaganda organ for the former Soviet Union. What do you mean? Like, that that that's that's the plan, what? so that you could just kind of crowdsource truth fact checking on oh, news sources. Isn't that Snopes? Snopes. Uh, look I, again, yep. much and all as the mm. uh, the bricks that are coming out of the boring company look a lot like Besser blocks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this looks a lot like something that's already been invented. Yeah. like the whole boring company is reinventing yeah. trains. Yes. Um, so look, there's there's yeah, that. Yeah. Um, he, he's he's clearly a man under pressure. Yeah. But just to dial that up a bit further, there's been another Model S crash, Mm. uh, this time in Laguna Beach in California, and someone unfortunately uh, crashed into a police vehicle in Laguna Beach, and it was a Model S, and the person that was driving or wasn't driving the car at the time told, according to police, told investigators that they were in autopilot mode at the time. So these, um, okay, fair enough, I take the argument. There are lots of crashes all over the world every day. Why just pick on these mm-hmm. ones? I just take exception to the fact that this whole function is called autopilot, 
which mm. conjures up images of hands off, feet off, brain off, the car will drive itself, and these crashes are um, pretty stark evidence that that's not the case. Can I just say something? If I crashed into a cop car, I'd probably say, yeah, I was on autopilot <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> you know I mean? And like, that's, yeah, that's, that's the thing. They need to yeah. be able to prove Pre- whether it was or not. And yep. I think if Tesla wants to, you know, limit the impact that this is having on its reputation, then they need to check out uh, these crashes, see if autopilot was engaged. I think mm. they should publish it too. Yeah. Tell us the truth. Yeah. If it is failing, let us know why. Yeah. How can yeah. you fix it? Make it better. If this is the future of autonomy and the future of auto, uh, mobility, then... Truth you know. is the first casualty of war, my friends. Yeah, that's true. And I think that uh, Elon Musk has gone to a war footing <laughs> and yeah. uh, he's using all uh, tactics yeah. and weapons at his disposal. Don't forget as well, with Tesla's autopilot, I sometimes believe that there's a lot of user error that goes on. Mm. I've driven Teslas myself, um, not the the current level five autonomy ones which have just rolled out, um, but even at, even then, uh, you still can't switch off. And by that you mean that they are equipped to eventually yeah. operate That's right. at a level of That's level right. five autonomy. That's right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, look, let's leave it there. The mm-hmm. next week, every week, is interesting. In the world of crazy Elon. Do you think we're playing to Elon here? Are we Are we giving him too much love? The day the day Elon Musk mentions the Cars Guide podcast, oh. we've won. <laughs> Elon, yeah? I dare you we, to. We win. Yeah. It calls you. out. I dare you to. Yeah. Okay, but... Do it. To a, to a slightly saner world, mm. BMW has uh, stood out as the first mainstream brand, in fact, probably the first brand full stop, to offer a wireless charging, what amounts to a mat or a, or a facility at your workplace or at home, mm-hmm. uh, for its electric cars. Matt, you wrote the story. Yep. Give us the details. Yeah, so basically it uses uh, wireless inductive charging rather than having to get out of your car and plug it in. Mm-hmm. Instead, you will drive your car over this thing called a charge pad and underneath the uh electric motor section of the car or underneath the engine bay i think it's positioned um there's a thing called a car pad Mm. and once they align and you get guidance from the camera system on the car how to align it perfectly once they align the car will tell you to stop and between the the two pads you'll have about eight centimeters of clearance and then it just uses magnetic fields to wirelessly charge the car. It's basically the same technology as you get with a wireless phone charger, for like yeah. a Qi charger Qi. that you'll yep. find. Yep. Um, but it's this is for a car, and they're claiming 80% efficiency, which is better than what you get with a contacted wireless charge wow. from Qi. So that's pretty good. That's and amazing. Um, man, Richard, you wrote a story uh, a little while ago where you copped a bit of heat. I think yep. it was a hybrid vehicle. Yep. You hadn't plugged it in. Yep. You hadn't charged up the yep, battery and right. drove it in lazy mode. Yep, lazy mode. Um, but it raised the whole point yep. that it is that extra level of effort, possibly at the end of a long and arduous day to, you know, even if it's just walking over the wall, putting the plug in, it's one more thing. Mm-hmm. This wipes it out completely. This is, this is exactly what the electric vehicle and hybrid vehicle industry needs. Yep. Because until now, if you didn't have access to a PowerPoint or a wall unit near where you parked your car, you, you just couldn't charge it. You know what I mean? That it was that was one of the difficulties that I faced when I had the you know the XC60. Just that was one of many difficulties. One of the many have difficulties just in, in general. general, just charging. Yeah. Um, this pad 
Um, like surely you you know it must plug in somewhere, but if it yep. can be rolled out somewhere else and you can and you can drive over it, that's just and it's just so easy. Yeah, yeah. It's imagine exactly what it needs. So imagine if you own one of these cars, mm. which it's the five thirty EI performance mm. to start off with. Um, if you've got one of these pads at your work parking spot, if you happen mm. to have one, if mm. you have one at your home garage, mm. then. You know, it's just a matter of time before you see this sort of stuff rolling out into shopping centres, yep. into yep. airport car parks, yep. that sort of thing. Mm. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Three and a half hours, full charge. Yeah, and Brilliant. no no timing for Australia, but there's no. Europe. It's going to be reasonably yeah soon-ish. yeah. July is July. the July. start. June or July is okay. the start of rollout. So um, for Europe and China and America. So and sorry, just to put you on the spot, that five thirty e is already on sale in I think Australia. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so. Um, but yeah. not the. I don't know if it's the plug-in. plug-in. Yeah, I think I, it might be the plug-in. I drove. So. I reviewed the 530e uh, last year. Okay, uh, the plug-in. Yeah, it was the plug-in. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, it sounds, like, it sounds like we'll get it sooner rather than later. So it'd be fun to play with it. Yeah, if, definitely. Uh, if we could. Yeah. But um, moving on, you've all been on tenter hooks. Everybody's been waiting, but at last, confirmation: Sanyong is coming back to the Australian <laughs> oh, market thank in God. 2018. Oh, Before uh, the end of the year, Sanyong will be, uh, uh, will be back. Are they coming back with two S's at the beginning of their name? Still two S's. Sanyong. Many might say one of them is surplus to requirements, but <laughs> it's still there. And um, they're going to be coming back with a smaller SUV model called the Tivoli. Yes. Yeah. And also they'll be back with a name that's familiar being Rexton and Musso. Yep. Um, to me, Sanyong is... <laughs> Just joined at the hip with the Stavic, mm-hmm. mm. aka Rodius, the first generation of which I would argue is the most ungainly looking car ever made. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. It'd be a good debate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the second generation toned all that down a bit. But anyway, rather than being through a private importer distributor, it's going to be a direct subsidiary. Right. Okay. So they'll probably have a pretty serious crack at this market and yet another brand. Yeah. Competing in all of these, um, you know, light commercial and SUV segments. Yeah, Rexon's not too bad. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's got that Maserati style logo mm. um, on its, you know, its C pillar, and it's definitely the, you know, the prestige ends. And there's some, you know, Mercedes Benz, yeah. you know, yeah. GL sort of. And GLE the Tivoli, sort of. I mean, the Tivoli looks quite um, handsome. Yeah. The stories yeah. on carsguide.com.au. Yeah. Go and have a yeah. look. Um, so let's see. Yeah, we'll see what they come the, up with. The one that I'm looking forward to is the Musso, the Ute, which Ooh. looks really good. Okay. Um, but you know, I've driven a few Sangyongs in the past, and they look. Some of them look better than they drive. Yeah. there's no doubt yeah. about that. And yeah. this is this is a brand that we've seen dozens upon dozens of yeah. concept SUVs and different vehicles at motor shows for the last five years and yeah. not really seen anything. Yeah. Well, it'll it, be interesting, but. won't it, because Hyundai and Kia have made such enormous strides and here's Sanyong, another yeah. South Korean brand that you'd mm. expect to be right in lockstep with them. Um, so we'll see. Yep. Yeah. We'll see where they are yep. relative yep. to the big two. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be hard. <laughs> now, um, on on fairly serious note, uh, the Takata Recall, continues to grow mm. specifically by another 1.1 million vehicles in mm. Australia um, from brands Citroen, McLaren and Opel. Now, Opel was only here for five minutes um, a few years ago, but those vehicles are involved. Um, and the ACCC Deputy Chair Delia Ricard expects even more models to join this compulsory recall. So I suppose we've been over this ground. All we'd say is make sure you go to productsafety.gov.au. We'll, we'll put that link into the show notes. And just check if your car is one of those vehicles. 
get the work done yeah. um, just as soon as you can. Absolutely. The ACCC uh, also at their website will list whether your car's VIN number is, has been recalled. And we've got a link on the Cars Guide website which, uh, which will help you sort of identify whether your car needs to go back to. It's simple. It could save your life. Yeah. Um, if, if you value your life mm. or the lives of the people that you drive with, then you should do it. And really, it's as serious as if your car is one of those identified, mm. don't drive it. Yeah. Don't drive it anymore. And yeah. man, seriously, Stop it, if, get it towed to the, to the dealership. Yeah. I, would, I would even suggest, even if you'd, you had no idea, just speak to the manufacturer anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's not going to cost you anything. They do it for free um, and they have to. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. Now, look, an equally serious matter, mm-hmm. we're fortunate enough to work for an employer that provides us with a fruit box at the beginning of each week. Fantastic. Ooh. Wander over at morning yep. tea, grab one of those. Richard, I think you happened to um, choose an apple. Love an apple. Earlier in the week. Love it. And you yep. were bemoaning the, the particular uh, variety of apple. Mm. I don't know whether you were thrilled by it. Yeah. And we came up with a way of, obsess- uh, 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 of um, assessing yep. apples. Yep. Uh, by comparing them to cars. Yeah. In fact, we yeah. narrowed this one down to Toyotas. Basically, just Toyotas. Just yep. Toyotas. Yep. And mm. what was the apple? Do you recall the apple I love that you a, had? I love a Fuji. You had a Fuji. You only, you only get Red Delicious in the box. Yeah. And Red so, Delicious look good, but they don't taste as good see, as a Fuji. For mine, yes. for mine, the Red Delicious is your Corolla. <laughs> you know? It's crunchy yeah. and it's mildly sweet, yeah. but it's one of the most popular. Yeah. It's just yeah. everywhere. It's, it's out there. ubiquitous. Yeah. Yeah. It is the Corolla of Apple. But it's well, not it's necessarily the best. It's value-packed. It's value There's no doubt about it. <laughs> Whereas, what was the one you mentioned? The Fuji. Fuji. I See, I call Fuji. that a Prius. Oh, really? You know, it's, yeah, it's a little bit exotic. Yes. Yeah. Um, yep. It's, again, it's crunchy but super mm. sweet. Mm. And mm. p- devotees such as yourself, yeah. it's not a broad-based apple. Well, it's yeah. more a niche apple. And yeah. Fuji, Fuji fans... They're, we're, we're rusted on. You, yeah. yeah, you like, know each other. You give each other yeah, a hat little, tip in little the street. You, see, that's the yeah. thing. If you're a Fuji fan, you'll spend that little bit extra, extra just, just to make yourself to feel it. better exactly. about it. That's it. Thanks. And you know. Yeah. Yeah. See, the other one we touched on was your Royal Gala. Oh, okay. Yeah. So now I'm calling your Royal Gala. It's crisp. It's very sweet. Yeah. That's a Supra. Oh. Now, look, it could be Supra's past yeah. or the one that's about to come, but yeah. I think it's got some. it's got a bit of grunt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas the wannabe Supra is your pink lady. Oh, so you pink, pink lady. That's an eighty-six. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can you see that. You guys seen that? Yeah. Okay, yeah. but then yeah. that Maybe leaves a Fuji us. Fuji should be an eighty-six because really, under the bonnet, it's got Fuji stamped on it. Heavy industry. That's, yeah. that's yeah. interesting. Ooh. That's interesting. Ooh. That's a, a level of detail Ooh. that I hadn't gone Look to. That. <laughs> but I've got a couple left. I've yep. got a couple left. Your golden delicious. See, I think that's more a Camry. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Camry's the getting mainstay. better. It's yeah. been, it's probably yeah. was your delicious. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think your golden delicious means it's got that extra layer of interest now. Yeah. Um, and the other one is the Granny Smith, oh, which oh. I see. That's your cooking apple, right? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's a worker. Kluger? 70 series Land Cruiser. Oh, no. yes. Unstoppable. Unstoppable. Granny or Granddad. Dependable. Yeah. Been around forever. Yeah, yeah, dependable. Yeah. You can rely yeah. on a Granny Smith. Not, not necessarily living up to the green colour, but. No. no, true. Four point five liter diesel V eight. <laughs> but I tell you what, been around for a long time. Fan of those, you know, CWA. I suppose. I suppose. So, yes. Yeah. Good idea. Yep. Yeah. 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 So look, yeah. let us know your thoughts. Hmm. Apples as Toyotas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll give you the details to get in touch at the end. But um, where do you sit on this discussion? But in the interim, speaking of uh, Aussie, and speaking of all that's good with this country, oh. it's time for a word from Winton. Oh. Life's a journey. And for over a century, Winton's been helping Australians enjoy the ride. 
Behind the wheel of a Winton, you're comfortably in control of the most efficient, enjoyable and brilliantly engineered car in the world. In fact, from class-leading luxury and performance cars to light trucks, heavy haulers and agricultural equipment, all supported by our no-haggle, lifetime warranty and industry-leading service, Winton covers all the bases. Winton, Australian with a world of difference. Where again, is he? Again, where is he? We've got a chair for him, and I've been petitioning our good yeah. friend Frosty Chops, head of uh, mm. communications for PR and and corporate and government relations at, at Winton Motor Company. But let, let's just say he's in LA oh. and in Roseanne Barr's corner. Oh, oh what? Uh, he's trying to get her TV reboot reboot rebooted. Is Amazingly, he, what is he defending her? He is look. Oh, Let's oh, just put our own oh, political oh. and social views aside. He's, He's told me oh. it's a tough ask oh because Roseanne is one of the loosest. He says, this is a quote. Hang on. He sent me a text. He said, Roseanne is one of the loosest cannons I've ever worked with and I've worked with some absolute lunatics. He's, he's worked with some loose ones. He has. Wow. Hasn't he? he has. But he if any, look, if anyone <laughs> can get this train wreck back on the rails, it's Frosty. Yeah. He's probably going to do a bit of a job on Roseanne and try and bring her up to speed yeah. in terms of yeah. 2018 values. Yeah. Media training, the whole lot. She's been a little bit you know, racist. Oh, yeah, in this whole bit. thing, it's yeah, like being a little, little bit, bit pregnant. So, <laughs> you either are or you are. Yeah, that's anyway, right. Stay yeah. tuned. Stay tuned. Wow. But um, we've had some more feedback, which is terrific. And oh, once good. again, it's been courtesy of YouTube, and it's from Peter Gaskin, and he says, "Found your comment on battery materials and electricity infrastructure very interesting." Thank you, Peter. Thank you. Some of your statements have been widely discussed in the media. My view is that EVs are a stopgap to hydrogen. And that's that's not a bad thought because really, yeah. in terms of sustainability, yeah. hydrogen, if the infrastructure can be set up, seems like a, a more of a goer Absolutely. in the longer term. Yeah. Now, I've driven two hydrogen cars this year. I've driven the Toyota Mirai and the Hyundai Nexo. Yep. Both brands are saying that hydrogen and electricity are going to work alongside one Ooh. another. These are going to be the two measures that will be taken by major automotive brands in Across trucks, across cars, buses, yep. every single thing. It's going to be both. But surely you can't have VHS and beat up. Like you want to, it's going to have to be one or the other. No, I don't think yeah. so. Well, yeah. essentially, Which hydrogen be is electric anyway. Well, so it is, but you it uses fuel a fuel it with source, hydrogen. But you still got to use a fuel source to charge your battery true. electric car. I just don't think you can have a, an audit industry with both. I think it's uh, either got to be I, hydrogen or electric. I kind of am of the belief that. The car manufacturers are right. They reckon will, it's going to be like diesel and petrol? Pretty much. Okay. Well, I'm, I should toss in that Peter also mentioned that he sees the hydrogen developing with a different battery system mm-hmm. cool. so that some of the element, you know, the, the key metals that are used in current batteries may be downplayed, mm-hmm. which actually leads us to our next story, which is that Panasonic, who that happens to be a key supplier to Tesla, mm-hmm. plans to develop a cobalt-free car battery. So we spoke last week about how cobalt was an iffy, um, you know, component Mm -hmm. of lithium-ion batteries. It's used as a cathode material inside the battery, uh, but its acquisition is dodgy on Mm. ethical grounds, Mm. possibly on environmental grounds. 
um, the price of it is skyrocketing uh, anyway. So on commercial grounds, um, it's looking increasingly uh, more difficult to incorporate it. Mm. So that's an interesting move. Yeah, well, what's what's the material that comes next? That's right. I don't know. Uh, what what are they uh, subbing out of you know, for cobalt? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, if it's another precious metal from deep under the crust of the earth, then what's, you know, it's agree. going to get to a point where it's got to be something else. It just reinforces yeah. the point that humans are evil and chew up human resources until the yeah. planet disappears. Yeah. We're evolved. And we all die out. That's yeah. what happens. That's right. It'll happen eventually. <laughs> we won't be around for it, though, so we'll be happy. <sighs> but speaking of all dying out, Donald Trump oh. um, has claimed <laughs> via Twitter <laughs> well. that um, his efforts working with Ford has saved the move of two of the brand's plants in Louisville, Kentucky. The first one uh, produces the Lincoln Navigator, and the second one, the Lincoln... Now, the Navigator, I think, is a large SUV. Massive. And then the Lincoln MKC, which is a smaller SUV, Mm -hmm. and the Ford Escape, which is also an SUV. And he is saying they are now not going to Mexico due to his, quote, hard work. Um, now, Ford has come back and said, look, at best, it involved one model, the MKC. So we're not talking about two plants going to Mexico. That was never on the agenda. Yeah. Uh, they had loosely discussed yeah. taking MKC production to yeah. Mexico, but that's what's not happened. So it's a, uh, for mine, it's a typical kind of inflation or yeah. distortion, if you want. Uh, but anyway, for the time being, those two plants are staying put. Donald Trump is a... Oh, I don't want to say master because that implies he's got you know he's he's good at something, <laughs> um, but this is one of his his techniques where he will just completely take you know credit for something which was or wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he he tweeted saying you know Bill Ford my friend Bill Ford contacted me and told me that uh, they were going to keep the Lincoln plant in Kentucky. Well, that's not what happened at all. Yeah. Uh, it was just that one particular model, and they, they had no plan to, to move it anyway. Yeah. So he, it he, just... claims, he claims to have had a guiding hand in the development of the Winton Motor, Motor Company, and Frosty takes massive yeah, exception to that. Of course he would. It's Aussie. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, when Trump came out with that tweet saying, you know, I've kept Winton in Australia, <laughs> like that's... <laughs> I mean... Winton had no plans yeah, to move to Kentucky. Mm. So, mm. Well, look, speaking of stretching the tooth, uh, tooth, <laughs> stretching the tooth, <laughs> you've had some dental work during the week I too. I have, I have. I'll show you later. Stretching the truth, <laughs> now a word from our young adult friends, allegedly, at Oversteer. When you're done listening to these old farts ramble on... Can I tell a story? Come and listen to the Oversteer podcast where we talk about the stuff that kids love. Story time with Mitchie Boy. Yeah, because if I don't try, I will fail. <laughs> like, oh, you know on, how mate. you roll into a petrol station and you're like... <sighs> Would you rather be designated driver for a group of kids on a sugar high or a group of super drunk adults? Yes, the Oversteer podcast has everything, and you can find it on the Cars Guide website, iTunes, and where all good podcasts are sold. Right. Oh, Friends? Hate them. Yep. There it I is. Think I call them friends, but I don't, Richard doesn't. I just call them enemies. associates. <laughs> Not even They're close. Just, one of them's got purple trousers. <laughs> Skin-tight purple trousers. He's on brand. Workplace relations is not your forte. <laughs> I don't, okay. Workplace isn't my forte. <laughs> so just changing, uh, changing tracks a little bit, Skoda says Skoda. Globals, its global sales have doubled in the last decade. So in 2007, they were at 630 thousand units and in 2017 they bumped up to 1.2 and a bit million whoa so when was that first date 
2007. Yeah. So 2007 wow. was when they were building ugly cars, yeah. and 2017 is when they're not building well, ugly look, cars. Well, look, they've become <laughs> they've become a star performer in the VW yeah. group. They're massively profitable. Yeah. I wrote it down here. Nine point seven percent of operating margin, like that. If a, yeah. if a car dealer could still yeah. get ten percent margin, yeah. Yeah. Um, that would be a major win. But they, as a, a manufacturing brand, it's got two factories uh, in the Czech Republic where yeah. the brand is based. But the downside of all this is that those plants are stretched, so they're getting to a tipping point. Like, yeah. Okay, do we put in another factory or whatever? But at the same time, the workers in those plants are demanding higher wages and better conditions. So yep. they're coming from, it's probably one of um, Europe's lesser nations in terms of manufacturing and um, standards of living. Mm-hmm. Um, and now those workers, quite rightly, yep. want more money and yep. better conditions. And it's just that syndrome that we've seen before, particularly in Korea. Yeah, We're going to work seven days a week. Mm-hmm. We'll be paid a pittance, no holidays, whatever. And the cars get out there at a certain price. It's fantastic. But then the workers, hmm. I don't want to work yeah. seven days anymore. Yeah. I yeah. want to be paid more. I want to take mm-hmm. a holiday. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're suffering, growing pains. Yeah. And this is a, well, most car manufacturing places around the world will have experienced something like this before where the costs start to get too high. Have a look at Australia, for example, and things go offshore. So what might happen here is Skoda might look at building a plant in Romania where it costs less or yeah. Estonia where it yeah, costs less. Exactly. The Czech Republic is one of the more developed nations in that part of Europe. So yep. it makes sense that it is getting more expensive for everything to happen there. So. That could so easily happen. Yeah. I want to know where the last country is. Right, like the where, one that undercuts everyone, and there's no one else to come line. in. And we go from Romania well, to you know next one, the next one, the next one. Where's that? At back, one back at one Australia? point, there's going to be so you know if Africa is currently considered still very much a developing yeah. part of the market. Yeah. At one point, it will be developed, but some other part that was previously developed yeah. won't be. Yeah, yeah. sure. So yeah, you know, that's so, just the way that it all interesting. works. But mm. yeah. Now speaking of a part of the world that was previously developed. Detroit. Oh, yeah. So Detroit, obviously it's heyday uh, post-war in the US, Mm. pre-Second World War and Mm. post-war. But then eventually those market forces um, took globalization, meant that a lot of uh, jobs and plants and things went outside the US. And it's like this uh, fallen um, wonder. Detroit was such a center or is still such a center for fabulous architecture. All the buildings, the best architects were brought in. The plants, you've got things like that enormous Packard plant yeah. that has been lying fallow uh, for so long, sadly. But one iconic building in Detroit looks like it's just about to have a renaissance. Funny that GM built the Renaissance Center, I think, <laughs> in the 80s to try and get Detroit going again. But it's the Michigan Central Station, better known as Detroit Trains, the Detroit Train Station. Mm. Um, and it's in an area of Detroit called Corktown. And Ford has been buying up a whole bunch of buildings down there. They're going to have their electric vehicle skunk works and and make another historic building there. And the word is that they've bought this train station, which I reckon is great news because if you've been to Detroit and had a look at it, it is a magnificent thing. Um, It's not just Mm. a a low-lying train station. It has a multi-storey office Mm. uh, building on top of it. And if they can um, get that going, it it was built in 1914, and it was designed by the same architects that did the Grand Central Station cool. in New York. So it has yeah. that that really amazing uh, look to it. If, so yeah, if great. you haven't been to Detroit, it does have that feeling like the New York of the North on a small yeah. scale. Like it is 
it yeah. is one of the most amazing cities to yeah. look at and yeah. just to walk around. Like we often go at Detroit Motor Show time, which yeah. is middle of winter. It's minus 12 degrees at middle of the day, mm. but you still risk it. You go yeah. out for a walk yeah. because it's such a beautiful place yeah. to look at. The architecture particularly, it is just uh, mesmerizing. So I reckon that's just like a little shining ray of light oh, hopefully. Um, in Detroit's future. Hopefully. Hopefully. So so that means, do you think this is uh, like an indication that Detroit could make a comeback? I just think it's a really nice corporate citizenship move yeah. on Ford's behalf. Yeah. You know, that yeah. they've got such a, a big part in Detroit's history yeah. that they feel moved to acquire that building and do mm. something about it. I just, I'm as naive as the next person, but I think they're probably just yeah. doing something good for the city. Old Donnie Trump probably had a hand to play in of that, Of course right? he did. Course he worked he hard would. on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. brought all good that together. Him. Good bloke. Thanks, Donald. Now, look, we're getting close uh, to the finish line, but in our garage this week, Matt, tell us a bit about what you've been driving. I've been driving a Volkswagen Transporter, um, which, you know, there's there's a bunch of different transporters you can buy. So starting at like $30,000, $35,000 for a base model manual up to, I mean, if you want, you could probably get one up to about seventy five or eighty grand, And that's not including the people mover versions uh, and the multivan, the caravel, that sort of caravel, stuff. Caravel, that's right. Yeah. We've had this discussion about the multiple layers of yeah. naming here. It's transporter, like it's caravel, puzzle. Yeah. Mm. combi, microbus, yeah. blah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So mm. the one I've been driving uh, is a mid-roof, long wheelbase, four-motion, yeah. with a bunch of different little packs and things Great. on it. Wow. About, about 60 grand. Yeah. But this is the cool thing about this van is that for a lot of these mid-size vans, there's one or two options you can choose from, maybe one or two drivetrains. You might be able to get a high roof or a low roof or a wheelbase stretch or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's so much customization. Right. If you want something very specific yep. for your van... Yep. The problem, the transport is probably the only place you can get it. Right. And that's one of the biggest appealing things about it. It's mm. cool. But mm. it's expensive. It's expensive. Mm. Yeah. So it'd be, I imagine, given their volume in this country, it'd be a, a kind of order it up, wait for it to be built kind yes. of thing, be, you know, to your yeah. tailored requirements. The vast majority of people buy the runner edition, which yeah. is the cheapest version. It's thirty five okay. nine ninety, I think. Wow. Um, and it's a good van. Like at that price point, it's... Terrific. worth looking at but if you don't mm. have specific needs so now richard hunter drive you've been steering bmw alpina b7 right and it's a low-key vehicle it's a low-key vehicle mass mass produced you Look know at us keeping it real <laughs> yeah no totally keeping it real so alpina if you didn't know already is a well they're more than just a tuning house they've got a close relationship with bmw they take a they take a bmw and they fit it with its own engine they overhaul it and then, by the end the, the Alpina B7 is so different from the 7 Series or the 750 Li that it's based on. They actually scratch off the VIN number. I saw those and they put in a new one. I thought you'd had no, a, they're not you know, mine. A parking. <laughs> they're accident. not mine. They're not mine. Um, also, one of the only fast BMWs that's not limited. It doesn't have a 250 kilometer hour uh, limiter on it. Oh. It's unlimited. Top speed. Speed of light. I hear because right. I don't know. Wouldn't have tested it. 330 kilometers an hour. That's faster than a McLaren 570 GT. What? And it's a five-seat saloon with three televisions on board. It is a... (laughs) Wow. And is it... um, So it's like five-point-something meters long and two-point-something tons, right? It's Yeah, 2.1 tons. It's it's 5.2 meters long. Um, It is zero to 104.1 seconds. Um, 447 kilowatts, 800 newton meters, 330 yeah, kilometers an hour. And um, you'll have to watch the video, but 
I actually ended up in jail in this one. Um, <laughs> Silverwater Jail. Um, That's very prison. Richard. Yeah. Good. It's that right. Let's, about let's, you, leave, it, let's yeah. leave it there okay. or we're headed for litigation, we I can are. tell. Yeah. Um, I had a Lexus RX 300. It's a two-litre turbo. Really, I was really impressed by the engine. I yeah. thought it, it was uh, oh. a very sprightly engine. So this is the formerly 200T, now 300. Yeah. Right. But it's a six, <laughs> I think it's a six-speed auto. Yeah. Uh, and it's about... Eighty six, eighty seven thousand dollars before on road cost. So mm-hmm. it's got the leather. It's got all mm-hmm. of that Lexus stuff. I've got to say, I still get hung up on the remote touch oh. media interface. Oh. oh my god! I know, I know. This is a, a drum that's been banged by various people, but honestly, I just wish Lexus would get over it oh. and say we made a mistake. How much louder do we have to bang it before uh, they change it's things? Pretty bad. And get right it down out, to the, it, and for people that aren't across this. The little uh, toggle switch that or, or controller that you use in the console to move things in the media screen is so overly sensitive that you overshoot regularly. You, it's actually quite dangerous because you find yourself, if yeah. you're in motion, trying to do a quick switch to something here and it's going all over the place. So it's really confusing. Distracting. And I can't stand it. And the graphics on the screen are tremendously old school yeah. um, to boot. So yeah. there's a lot going wrong with that. But the car itself... I found really fun to drive. The engine was great. Gearbox was great, but there you go. Mm. Can I just say something? Mm. The price of the Alpina, $389,000. Bargain. Bargain. Okay. Oh, my God. On that pricey note, (laughs) I think we've reached the finish line. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. And thanks, as always, to our producer, Barbara, for his nimble finger work on the mixing desk. We dope slap him, but Peter would come onto us for animal abuse. (laughs) I was even Peter Anderson. Uh, no, no. Well, the RSPCA anyway. Thank you for listening. And like our new best friend, Peter Gaskin, please let us know what you think of the program. Search for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram and use the hashtag CGPodcast or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. You can listen to and watch us on YouTube. And if you're an iTunes devotee, please rate and review us. We're still ranking five out of five stars. Wow. I mean, come on. We're not that good. Give us your thoughts. <laughs> we're perfect, but we're let not us, that perfect. Let us right. know. I hope you can join us next week. Until then, sometimes when I'm cruising into the city in a $400,000 vehicle, I lean back and think, if this bus driver doesn't get a move on, I'll be late for work. 